This is Sports Talk with Jack Wilson on News Talk 770, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Yes, our NHL insider joins us every Monday night, every Thursday night at 7.30 here on Sports Talk with Jock. So much to talk about with the Director of Scouting for TSN, Mr. Button. How are you? I am really good. You, we, we, this should just be rapid fire, right? Just, be, just what do you think? <laughs> Every rapid fire segment. Wow, we could just do rapid fire all the time. I, I, don't, I don't disagree with you 100%. So, what do we have, 22 minutes usually in a 30-hour segment? No, not that many, about 18 minutes? Right? Yeah, it, it's about 18 or 20 because i got to get to the sports geek of the day as I wrap things up. Yeah, so well, yeah, maybe we could do, you, you have to come up with 25 questions, <laughs> 25. 25 hot topics. <laughs> 25 hot topics. Well, the hottest topic is Flames Oilers. You know, Battle of Alberta, I'll say it's a little bit back. That was that was a good game. Like, I thought the third period was an excellent uh, excellent period. It was too bad the Flames lost. That was a tough weekend for the Calgary Flames, though. You can't lose games to New Jersey and, unfortunately, to Edmonton. Uh, only one point out of a possible four. Yeah, it, you know what? The, the, the tough one was against New Jersey. The, mm-hmm. the benefit of that is, is that New Jersey's in the other uh, other conference, so you're, you, it's not like you, you you didn't get two points, but you didn't. Uh, one of your competitors in your conference didn't gain on you, so to speak, right? By by you losing that game. So I guess I'm looking at a little bit glass half full. The game against, I mean, you, you think about Maroon scoring, and then quickly thereafter, Sean Monahan scores. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, I, I thought the story of that game was was Cam Talbot. I thought that the Flames applied a lot of pressure in that game, especially in the first period, and had a lot of really good chances. They, I thought they had a real opportunity uh, to, to get on the board and, and, and not just get on the board, but get a few goals on the board and really get the game in their favor. And, you know, we talked about goaltending. And, you know, Cam Talbot has really provided some solid goaltending for the Edmonton Oilers, and they needed it that night. So when you look at the Flames, you know, yeah, you're you're disappointed. That's that's three games against Edmonton this year where they haven't uh, won. Uh, you know, they've only been able to pick up two points in those three games. But I, again, when I look at the Flames and I look at that game, the the Battle of Alberta's on. I don't think there's any question when the when you look at the teams and how much better they are. But at the same time, you know, I, I you you don't want to be having moral victories. But I think there was a lot of good in Calgary's game. Uh, against the Oilers. Since we're doing rapid fire, Florida Panthers in tomorrow night. Yarmar Yager, uh, maybe his last ever visit. Maybe not. Uh, uh, you know, the way he's uh, he got the fountain of youth happening, but uh, w- what can we expect from the Panthers tomorrow night? Well, I mean, he's 47 this year. I mean, <laughs> no, no, he's 45 this year. Yeah. Sorry. He's playing until he's 50. What do you mean it's his last year? <laughs> well, you never know, but... Well, I do. He says he's playing until 50. Yeah, true enough. I'm going to take him at his word. Yeah, fair enough. Anyway, I mean, uh, what, I just hope the traveling Yagers are there. <laughs> the the, they're yeah. the ones that make the show now. I, I think they're the <laughs> best. I love those guys that come out to traveling Yagers. Hey, you know what? I don't think it has been a good. I don't think it hasn't been as good a year this season for Yarmo Yager as it was last year. That's to be expected. It hasn't been as good a year for the Florida Panthers this year as last year. But, you know, Yarmo Yager can still be a dangerous player, and the, the Florida Panthers are trying to make up some ground. And, and you know, they're looking at, 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 at this trip out west as a real opportunity uh, to, to get themselves deeper into the playoff hunt. And, you know, the Flames are trying to do the same thing. So, mm-hmm. I'm anticipating a, 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 a very good game. And the one thing you got to keep in mind, and there's no reason for me to anticipate the Roberto Luongo not playing, he knows the Flames. And, uh, 
you know, I think that, uh, you know, that gives a little bit of an, not, not an advantage, but it, it, there's not as much mystery for the goaltender coming into Calgary as there would be for somebody that hasn't played in the West. The worst thing teams can do is look ahead in the schedule. I know the Flames aren't doing that, but as a fan, it's really easy to look ahead because you got Nashville on Thursday, Edmonton on Saturday, and those are two key games for the Calgary Flames. Absolutely. You know what they are. And, 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 and you know, so now you think about, okay, you know, pretty good game last week against San Jose, right? Then they have a, uh, not, not, not a great game against New Jersey, but New Jersey came in, in, in there and, and Keith Kincaid played real solid. And, you know, they, they kept it low scoring. They're not a high scoring team and Calgary couldn't take advantage. I think a pretty solid game against Edmonton before falling in the shootout. But, you know, you, you got to keep building on that game against Edmonton. You got to come out against Florida. And then now here's Nashville. Nashville's trying to get themselves more into the playoff race. And, and, and quite frankly, Calgary's a competitor for Nashville. Nashville's a competitor for Calgary. And uh, so are the Edmonton Oilers. So you're right. Thursday and Saturday loom as uh, very important games for the Flames. And you got to play Florida first, but you, you want to be getting into the in, in, into your game, the, the, the strengths that can allow you to uh, get the win against uh, all three teams, not just uh, two teams in their conference. Yeah, true enough. Uh, I've had this question asked to me so many times, so I'll get your thoughts. You know, and uh, the Calgary Flames go from one of the least penalized teams in the league to the most penalized team in the league. How big of a concern is this for the Calgary Flames, or are they just trying to be a tougher team to play against? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if taking penalties, uh, uh, you know, makes you a tougher team to play against. I, I don't know where just you, you you take penalties and you're the most penalized team in the league. All of a sudden, that makes you tougher to play against. Right. The Detroit Red Wings were never – they were one of the lowest penalized teams in the league, you, you know, for for years. You think they were easy to play against? Nope. They weren't they, – the, the, this idea that by taking penalties, you're harder to play against, I don't buy into it. Okay. So, you know, it, it taxes you penalty killing, and it's the types of penalties you're taking, right? I mean – you, you you look at a you look at a team like the the, the the Detroit Red Wings who moved the puck who had great skill and you know could beat you up on the power play right I mean that, that that's hard to play against you know it's really hard to play against a team that is really really disciplined and really knows how to attack you so I I don't equate I mean the the Winnipeg Jets are one of the most penalized teams in the league also. I don't think they're hard to play against. No, that's a good point. Well, and, and since we're continuing rapid fire, let's go right to Winnipeg. They lose this afternoon, Martin Luther King Day, 5-2 to the Sharks. I made this comment on Friday night after they came out with a stinker first period against Arizona, gave up a four spot to one of the worst teams in the league. I, I, I'm, I'm drinking your Kool-Aid right now. Paul Maurice is not the answer. I know they don't like making midseason coaches, but uh, when, when do you say enough is enough and you got to make the move with Paul Maurice? Well, you know what? So, so here we are. We're, we're, we're looking at their team, right? They, they have, uh, I believe, how many points do they have? 43? Yeah, they've got, well, 44. 44, because 44 they've got points. 20 wins, four yeah. overtime losses. Yeah, yeah 20, 23, and, and four, right? right. So, so you're looking at 44 points. So if it's 93 points to make the playoffs, I'm just going to use 90. Why don't I just use 90? Okay. 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 I'll just use 90 points. That means they need to win 23 of their next 35 games to, to get to 90 points or some combination, right? Mm-hmm. 23 win equivalents, right? That's like correct. 46 points to get to 90. They're not doing it. Nope. Okay, so so now you can look at it, and, and I think you can look and say, okay, you know, maybe they need to make a coaching change. The key isn't about coming to that decision. The key is, is who replaces them, and I think that becomes the next key. Now, I'll be straightforward with you. Tonight on That's Hockey, 
I, I, like, quite frankly, I'd be making a coaching change. And I would be waiting until the end of the year, and I would be exploring Ken Hitchcock. That's exactly what yeah. I would be doing if I was in Winnipeg. Because uh, I don't think that uh, I don't think that the team, when you look at the team and you look at their areas of uh, of, of of trouble and problems, it's not last week, it's not last month, it's been for a few years. And the things that uh, are a problem are at the feet of the coach. Yeah. So well, to I, me, it's his responsibility, and to me, I'd be making a change. I, I think that's a, that's a great analogy because Ken Hitchcock is only on a one-year contract, and I could see that happening now. Uh, so you wouldn't be in favor of replacing the coach midseason and just hiring an interim coach for the rest of the season? Because uh, to me, and again, I don't watch the team every single night, Craig, but I, I, I see a team that's not motivated under this coach anymore. Well, I mean, okay, so let me ask you this. Do you think Kevin Shovel Dayoff's going to come out and say, listen, Paul's doing a great job, our team isn't that good? <laughs> I, I hope not. <laughs> no, no, but do you think he would? No, well, I, 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 I don't okay, think he do you, would. Do you, believe, do you believe that to be the case? I, I believe that to be the case, yeah. I, I don't no, think the team is good enough. The case to be that it's not, no, well, do you believe the team isn't good enough? I'm talking I, about player-wise. I, I think the team has issues in goal. I think the team has, you know, uh, they've got some good young pieces. But, yeah, they're probably not good enough. And, and if we're being honest, they're not, no, they're not they, good enough. No but, no, but wait a second. Okay, let me ask you it in a different way. Okay. okay. Do you think this team's playing to its capabilities? Um, I think this team is what they are. They're a 500 team at best. Oh, okay. Well, then, then I'm not changing the coach then. Okay. Okay. Then, they, then, then you might have to change yep. the general manager then. Yeah, okay. If you, it's, if you think it's personal, I go back to the Al McNeil line, okay? Al McNeil said this years ago. He said, if you look at your team and you think that you're getting the most out of your team as possible from that coach, right? Mm-hmm. Then you have a player personnel problem if, if you're not at a level, right? Okay. And, and then you have to look at getting better players. But, but okay. I guess, but I guess my point is, if they're a 500 team, team, they're not 500 right now. They're three games below yeah, but, 500. Yeah, okay, but if you look at a team <laughs> and you think they're capable of being better than that, right? Right. Then, then you have to say, okay, wait a sec. They're not playing to their capabilities, and that falls on the coach. That's Al McNeil's assessment, right? Yeah, that's good. And that's where I'm at. So my point is, is I think this team's a lot more capable than they've shown. I think they're capable of playing a better game uh, than they show. I think their lack of consistency, their lack of team cohesiveness and, and with respect to how they play, their ups and downs, wild swings, I think that's a reflection of the coach. Okay. Yeah, no, I, that, that's why so, you're my NHL insider. I appreciate I that. I don't, th- I don't think Kevin Sheveldayoff's coming out and saying, you know what, we don't have good enough players. This is as good as we can do. I would agree with I that one. I don't think he's saying that. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Um, I was ready to write off the Washington Capitals in their nine-game winning streak a couple of minutes ago, but now I just checked the scoreboard again. Washington has stormed back with a couple of goals, a power play goal, and I believe a short-handed goal. As No, sorry, not a short-handed goal. Uh, Lars Ellers has uh, has scored a goal, but it was a power play goal by T.J. Oshie, and all of a sudden it's 7-7. Boy, this Washington team, they are on fire right now, Craig. Well, you know what's interesting, too? And I mean... The, the the whole game, they get up three nothing right then the game quickly got out of got, yeah. got out of whatever whatever box it was in you know it got quickly out of that and the coaches have to recognize okay throw caution to the wind let's get going here but the Washington Capitals over the last nine games they've given up eleven goals no nine goals nine goals they given they gave up seven in the first two periods <laughs> so they're showing they're showing hey and 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 I like their fight here you know they. They get down 7-5, and they keep going. And I think that, you know, you look at different points of a season and different points in a game where you could look back and say, okay, you know, that was one of those games where we weren't at our best, but we found a way to win it. I think this could be one of those games. Mm -hmm. You know, same for the Pittsburgh Penguins. 
You know uh, what's scary? I'll tell you what's scary. Okay. Now, at the very worst, okay, at the end of the second round, one of the NHL's best two teams is going to be out of the playoffs, either Pittsburgh or Washington. That is true. Heaven forbid they meet in the first round of the playoffs, mm-hmm. right? But I'll tell you what, somehow that doesn't resonate with me in the league when you're losing one of your very top teams and one of your serious Stanley Cup contenders at the, at the worst, the second round, uh, or at best, the second round of the, of the playoffs. So that doesn't fly for me. So, so what's your solution? One to eight. One to eight. Two, seven, three, six, four, five. Okay. I think there's got to be a greater reward for finishing first in the conference, and you get to play the eighth team. I, 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 I don't know why you, you, you want to have teams knocked out, your top teams knocked out. Uh, you know, in the first or second round. I, I don't get it. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a great point. Uh, I know it's been discussed the odd time. Uh, could we ever see a wild card play-in in the uh, NHL playoffs, or, or do you think the number that we have right now is the right number? You know what? You, you know, you look at things, right? You look at things over time. I mean, the World Cup is going to 48 teams, right? In soccer, that's I mean, correct. In soccer, right? They went to 32, right? We thought, oh, geez, that's a lot more, right? Now now it's 48, right? Okay. So am I going to say no? I mean, I mean, it, 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 it's, a, it's, it, 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 it's a business, right? Mm-hmm. And I think if they can find ways, I mean, part of it is driven by revenue. And if you're looking to try to generate more revenue, well, guess what? Wild card works. It worked in baseball. Did you ever think there'd be what they have in baseball? That's great. No. I like it. But, but, but that's what's happening, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that, yeah. Do, 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 do I see it potentially happening? Yeah, I do. Because you know what? What what worked 20 years ago, what worked 15 years ago, what worked 30 years ago, we're in a different world now. So let's not try to live in the world's past. No, that's uh, it's a great point. And uh, you made a great point when we were talking about, you know, the, the World Junior Championships. You know, some people were disappointed that we saw that game decided in a shootout. But the Millennials, they love the shootout. That's what they've, they've grown up on. And, uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't even be surprised in 10, 15 years that we see, you know, Stanley Cup playoff games decided with the shootout. And, again, that's 15 years down the road maybe, Craig. Maybe I won't be around anymore. But I, I would not be surprised if that happens down the road. Okay, so, so why, did, why did the shootout come into play? Uh, well, I, th- I thought mostly it was because of the time of the game and uh, you had to have the recovery time. Okay, so, so, okay, so you had the time of the game, right, yeah. and consumer habits. Okay, so, the, so they were trying to do things to have a decision at the end of the game. I mean, they didn't just wake up one day and say, we'll go to the shootout. They talked to the fans. They talked to their customers, right, right. and they got feedback, right? And then they said, well, geez, this would be a good way, right? We'll mm-hmm. do this, right? So, you know, you, you think about when the shootout came in and there was lots of discussion about the shootout. Oh, God, this is a dumb way to decide a game. Well, now it's an accepted way, yeah. right? And to your point, in 10 years' time or whatever time frame there is, you know, consumer habits may say, you know what? We're not watching four overtimes in the playoffs. Exactly. <laughs> We're exactly. not watching two. We'll have one if it's not decided to get to a shootout. So that's going to dictate a lot of things, too. Isn't that the truth? Uh, Craig, we got to take a quick time out. This is the NHL Insider. He is the director of scouting for TSN. He's our insider on Sports Talk with Jock Moore with Craig Button. When we continue, if you want to weigh in, 403-974-TALK, 403-974-8255. This is News Talk 770. Sports Talk with Jock. Weekdays from 630 to 8 p.m. on News Talk 770 Calgary, CHQR.